welcome to the first full edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. We're 67% British, 33% Irish, but most definitely 100% Giants. I'm your host, Dan Aylett, joined by Shane Whitehouse and Kevin McManus to talk all things Giants from our perspective here in the UK. How are you both? Yeah, I'm good, especially after the uh, the last few days in free agency. Yeah, yeah it's, been a, it's been a killer three days. It's been a real, real good three days, real busy three days. Um, Kev, I, you know, you're buzzing as well. We all, I think we all are. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think like, you know, um, Gettleman had a first couple of years, it was a bit shaky. We didn't know what we were getting. Um, but I think Joe Judge has come in and they've, they've, they've got the same mindset now of the type of players they want to go for the direction of the team. So I'm absolutely buzzing, man. Gettleman, get them, man. He absolutely loves it, man. I'm buzzing. Yeah, he's, uh, he's had his critics over the past few years, I know, DG. Um, but it looks to sort of, the, 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 it's coming to fruition now, I think. With, uh, with Joe Judge going into a second season, it's looking really, really positive. Um, and, you know, like you're, you're buzzing, we're all buzzing about what's happened over the last few days in free agency. Um, and hopefully going into sort of further into the uh, off-season, going into the draft, um, we have even more good news and have even more players coming into the team that will only help us in the long run. Um, just before we get started with our um, the main subjects of this podcast, which is free agency, if you didn't realise, I uh, just wanted to say a thank you to um, all those that have listened to our Get to Know You pilot and for the really positive feedback we received. Uh, we're really excited to get the adventure going. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Big, uh, Big Blue UK Ireland. That is at Big Blue UK IRE, where we will put in our updates on un- upcoming episodes and when to expect them. Plus, exciting news that comes out of East Rutherford. We're available to download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor and hoping to get as many platforms as possible in the future, so watch this space. And let's face it, we wouldn't be anywhere where we are now without the great Giants UK fan group. Uh, you can give them a follow on Facebook and Twitter at New York Giants Fans UK uh, with Keith and Andy running a tight ship over there. Now, it's that time of year. There's so much happening around the league. One of the busiest times of year. We're talking free agency, signings, cuts, trades, restructures, all in the lead up to the draft at the end of April. As you've already heard, we're all so excited about what's going on and what's happened over the last few days and last couple of weeks. Um, and we're really going to delve into some of what's gone on throughout this episode. We are going to start off looking at who we've re-signed and um, to new or restructured deals. Um, there are a few players in the team that we've re-signed in the last week or so, um, whether they've signed a new deal or restructured a deal um, to free up cap space. Um, so, Shane, who would you like to start off with? Um, I reckon we'll probably start off with the, the guy that sort of made a lot of these signings happen, in my opinion, and that's Nate Solder taking a pay cut or renegotiating his contract. Um, obviously, if you hadn't done that, then you know, some of the signings might not have been possible, to be honest. Yeah, Nate Solder, um, again, he's obviously had his critics since he's come into the team, um, been with us since 2019. 10-year um, vet, um, as he is now, 32 years old. Um, he opted out of last season due to COVID. Um, for those that don't know, he's a cancer survivor, so obviously his... Um, underlying previous health conditions meant that it was a bit it's dangerous for him to, to be around those that could potentially be carrying it. Um, so that's the main reason he sat out last year in 2020. Um, 
started 32 games in a row at left tackle in 2018-2019 and all but three games in his career so far. And he's our 2019 Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Um, Kev, what's your views on Nate Solder? Yeah, I mean, um, he was a good tackle for the Patriots. Um, top end, I wouldn't say he was a top, top, top one, um, but he was solid. Um, and we needed, we had money that time. We needed a, we needed a left tackle desperately. Uh, so we overpaid at the time. We all know that. It wasn't a great contract. Um, not taking away from the man, because he's an absolute geezer as well. But um, he uh, he sat out last year, for, understandably, for, for, for his personal reasons. Um, no, but the problem with sitting out last year was it just kicked um, his two, two years remaining over to this year and next year. This should be his last season on the contract. But because he took yep. uh, sat out for COVID, he pushes it back two years now. Now, he was due 16.5 million this year and 18 million next year to, to our cap. <clears throat> now, we can't, we, 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 we are moving forward and we can't pay um, a below average, and I hate to say it, but he was below average when he played for us. Um, we can't pay him um, that type of player that type of money. Um, if we cut him, we, were, we would pay 10.5 uh, million dead cap and we would, we would save 6 million this year. Now, and that would mean we would need a replacement because I do, I do think that he can do a job as a swing tackle, as a mentor and a swing tackle to Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert. Now, he didn't have to do this at all, but he took a pay cut to essentially 9.5, but he only gets, because um, of 9.5, the 10 million he was supposed to get was a bonus. It's already been paid or whatever. So he's actually taken a cut. So, uh, is 9.5 this year, saving us 7 million. So basically, he saved us a million and we get to use him um, as a swing tackle and a mentor to the young guys. So if we cut him, we save six. He restructured, we save seven and we have the experience of someone on the line um, and he's a great dude. So like, you never see this. So it's an absolute um, star move from him, from a star player, to be honest. 100%. Um... You know, just the fact that he's restructured his deal to help the team. Plus, like you said, he, he, the fact that he's going to be that go-to guy for the, the young talent coming in. Um, you know, not to mention as well, like I said, he's our, he's our Man of the Year nominee in 2019. Just seems like such an all-round good guy. And an absolute beast as well. Comes He's 6'8", 320 pounds, like absolute unit. Um, and so to have him on the team, I think, um, yeah, he might not bring... Uh, a huge well, he will bring a huge a huge impact to the field. But like we said, like we've seen, you know, he's he's not been the best. He's not been at the standard he was in New England. Um, but I definitely think that having him in, on the team and having him on the field is is definitely a huge advantage for us and for our offensive line. Um, Shane, what are your thoughts on Nate Solder? Yeah, I personally think he gets a lot of unfair criticism, and Gettleman does in regards to the contract. Um, if you look at the year he was signed, he was, without a doubt, the best free agent offensive tackle. He was also the second choice, if you remember, because a lot of everyone thought we were going to get Norwell, because Gettleman had him at Carolina. He was a free agent, two and two equals four, and we didn't get him because Jacksonville offered more money. So Solder was kind of plan A, but a position, offensive tackle that was needed. So at the time, everyone was quite happy with the signings. And now two years, three years down the line, people can kind of slate it because it's not quite worked out. But I think if you remember where the Giants was at that time, it was a good signing from Patriots. Left tackle, Brady's protector, essentially. 
who wouldn't want that, that player on your team. Exactly. And like we've already said as well, yeah, we probably, we knew at the time we overpaid for him. Um, but he's come from a team that is, is fresh off, what, two, three Super Bowl wins. Um, and it, it was always, it was always going to be, it was always going to be an expensive signing. Um, but we know, looking back, we know we overpaid. Um, but the fact that he's restructured his deal, I think, is is a great move. Um, and it saved us, let's face it, money on the cap for this season to be able to um, bring in some of the other players we've brought in already. Um, where we'll go next, we'll go Leonard Williams, because I think he's the next sort of biggest re-sign, restructure um, that we've gone, uh, we've done this um, off-season so far. Um, Leonard Williams, um, sixth, round, uh, sixth overall pick out of the 2015 draft from the USC, uh, drafted the New York Jets, as we all know. Um, second year in a row, he's been franchise tagged, um, and he's just signed a new three-year, $63 million contract. Led the team last year with 11 half sacks, the highest since Jason Pierre-Paul in 2014. 30 NFL with 30 quarterback hits and tied sixth with 14 tackles for loss last season. Um, and I really do think it was key that we kept hold of him this offseason to, to really give our defence a chance next year um, to come good. Shane, what are your thoughts on Leonard Williams? Yeah, it was, no matter what way you looked at it, it had to be done. Um, you know, he's... The, the, the sacks that he got last season, you can't let a guy like that go into free agency. <laughs> no chance. Um, so whether it was to remain under the tag or to get the deal done over the three years that we have, it had to be done. Um, it is a shame that it meant Dalvin Tomlinson probably having to leave. And I'd like to take this moment just to thank what Tomlinson did in his time for the Giants. I'd have absolutely loved to bring him back. Um, I think the Vikings have got an absolute player and half there. Probably doesn't get the recognition in the league that he deserves. Um but, you know, unfortunately, if you come between Williams and Tomlinson, Williams is probably going to bring more to that defence than Tomlinson. Um, I did find it quite interesting as well that a lot of people say a lot of Williams sacks are because of Tomlinson. Um, but yet when you have a look, Leonard Williams' sacks last season, he only had one sack whilst Tomlinson was on the field. He only had one sack whilst uh, Dexter Lawrence was on the field. He had two sacks when they were both on the field and eight sacks when neither of them were on the field. So this line that he only Williams was only getting the sacks that you've seen from some fans because of Williams or Lawrence, um, Tomlinson or Lawrence, sorry, is incorrect. Yeah. Um, Tomlinson, yeah, obviously he was a, a, a great servant for us in the four years um, that he played since being drafted. Um, second round pick, team captain, um, over 200 tackles in total. Um, and yeah, you're not the only one we've got to see him leave. Um, the Vikings got an absolute steal, two-year deal, I think $20 million over two years. Um, and I think he will be a miss on our D-line, but I think having um, Leonard Williams back and re-signed, I think is is probably a better move for us moving forward. Um, he's Williams has proven, you know, he, like I said, you know, the amount of sacks just last year, if taking him away, taking him out of the team, um, where where are we getting the pressure on the quarterback from? Um, so I really do think it was a key sign of keeping on the team. Uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on uh, Leonard Williams? Oh, the big cat comes back. Oh, mate, I love Leonard Williams. I I, I loved him coming to USC. Um, I wanted us to draft him then. Um, he went to the Jets. 
Um, I still think he was good. I think he wasn't used properly at the Jets. Um, I don't follow the Jets that closely. But um, when that when the trade came through, I was like a third and filled stroke, uh, stroke fifth, depending on um, um, how, how, how it worked out, if we signed him or not. Um, I thought it was a great deal, to be honest. I, I thought we could untap. I thought there, there's something there that we could untap. We might not have. All right. That, that's fair enough. But he was just, uh, I'm so happy to get him. Yeah, I'm surprised we got him for, for that good a deal, to be fair. Um, third and a fifth round pick. I mean, especially for a former first rounder. Um, like you said, not utilised at the Jets as as well as he could have been. Was he a nose tackle? Was he used as a nose tackle at the Jets? Um, I believe he was used as a... Not nose tackle. He was used in the, in the three-tech, I believe. But um, I think yeah. he's a little bit better as a five-tech. But, um, yeah, so um, I, I just think, yeah, it was a great signing. Um, we had to get him. He... Um, look... He says it's not about the money. For a lot of players, it is. Um, and agents take over. So, I mean, I, I, I don't really understand how much players demand the money side of it. You know, um, they just indicate whether they want to stay or not, and the agents kind of takes over and sorts it out. But he was on for a cap hit of $19 million. Um, We signed him to the deal, um, three-year deal, $63 million. And this, this, it is a lot, but um, it's... It's such a good deal by the Giants. Again, like looking into it, he, he drops from 19 million to 11 million this year. That allows freed up 8 million um, for us to go and like um, sign other players and it freed us up so much. Um, but next season, he is on for 26.5. And then the final year, the deal 25.5. Now, I understand that, that is a lot of money, but I do believe that he is or can be an elite D lineman in this league. And I think it's a good piece to build around in the trenches. Um, so, so I think it's a deal that we needed to do. We did do it. But looking deeper into it, it's actually only really a two-year commitment. Because if this next season, 21, 20, uh, it doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't show the form. 22, he doesn't show the form. In the third year, we can actually get out of it. So even though it's 25.5 in the third year, the dead cap is only 7.5, meaning we would free up 18 million if we moved on from him. So we're not bound for the full three years to him. I want him to play out the contract and maybe even extend it on the third year because that shows he's been proven, uh, proved that he played well um, for us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's expensive. The cap will go up and we might talk about the cap at the end, but, you know, the cap was supposed to be 210 to 215 this year. It was 198 last year. It dropped to 182.5 this year. So it's a massive, massive drop. We just signed a new TV deal. Um, the NFL did for uh, 110 billion over 11 years. So money will be there for, for for the cap going forward. I do digress. Love the player. Contract's a little rich for me, but it's a great contract in the sense that if he plays, he proves it, earns it. If he doesn't, we can get out after two years. So yeah, obviously Leonard Williams with his um, contract being restructured, uh, uh, re-signing his new deal. Um, it's it's only a good thing, and um, the fact that you saved us um, money on this cap hit, you know, potentially in, in three years' time, if we have to get if we have to get rid of him, we're only going to have seven and a half million day cap hit, um, and the fact you know be able to get out of it, um, sort of cutting our losses without really losing much. So I think that's a a real real good move by the front office. Um, DG's obviously doing something right for once. Um, and it's, it's looking really positive for him, I think. Um, you know, if he can really disrupt the line, um, well, disrupt on the, on the D line, um, like I said, I think he, 
he can be one of the greats in the league in the uh, on the defensive line for sure. Um, let's just sort of cross our fingers and hope for hope for some good things to come. Um, going to touch a couple quickly on Austin Johnson, uh, defensive lineman, and our long snapper Casey Pryor. Um, so obviously Austin Johnson um, drafted second round 2016 in by Tennessee. Uh, played all 16 games last season. Um, and recorded his first career force fumble uh, in the week four loss to Arizona, uh, not to Arizona, to LA Rams, sorry. Um, New Jersey natives, 26, six at four, 315 pounds. Um, Shane, what are your thoughts on Austin Johnson? Yeah, I do like him as a player. Um, obviously, he's going to be looking to step into that void, left boy, Darwin Tomlinson. But he did play well in the snaps that he played last season. I think it might have been the uh, Seahawks game um, that he played particularly well and also the Rams game as well. Um, he joins defensive line coach Sean Spencer from Penn State, Austin Johnson at Penn State, so he knows what he's getting from him. Um, and, you know, he's just going to be there to step in for Darwin Tomlinson. Whether that we address defensive line in the draft is going to be another thing, but I've got no issues with him being brought back based on the last 12 months. Kev? Yeah, um, yeah, I like him. I, I, um, I thought when when we knew Dalvin would be going, I thought this signing is a must. Um, he knows Sean Spencer. He knows the the scheme. He's a true nose tackle. He played for one point five million last year. He signed a one 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 year deal this year for three million. He's doubled his money. Um, so some people might say it's a little bit rich, but I thought as soon as um, Dalvin went, I, we need to get him back. He's a true nose tackle. Um, with us playing so much nickel now, so much um, um, out of base, if you like, um, he won't see the field that much because the interior will be taken up by your Williams, your BJ Hills, your Dexter Lawrences on obvious passing downs, but definitely on run-stuffing downs. Um, I, I think he can definitely do a job for us this year. And like Shane says, um, I would like to have a peek in the draft someone as well. But, um, yep, yeah, overall happy with the same. Cool, man. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree is that he was a, once Thomas had gone, he was a a key piece to get back in um, and to re-sign for, three, yeah, three million. Yeah, he's doubled his money. Um, so good for him. He's doubled his money. Um, but overall, really, um, is not a huge amount of money. Uh, so definitely good, good to have him back on board. Um, and Casey Cryer, long snapper, uh, going into his seventh year with the, um, in the league, 30 years old. Uh, replaced the uh, two-time Super Bowl winner, Zach Diossi, at long snapper, uh, voted to the Pro Bowl as a Denver Bronco in uh, 2018. Uh, obviously, Zach Diossi leading the team uh, at the end of 2018, 2019, end of 2018, I think. Um, two-time Pro Bowler, um, two-time Super Bowl winner, um, you know, was, was a, a huge presence on the team, was a team captain. Um, to have uh, a consistent long snapper in the game, you know, for special teams is, is, a, is a big thing, I think. Um, Shane, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, um, Graham Ganoll last year made more than 91% of his field goal attempts. You're only going to get that if you've got someone who can snap the ball and someone who's reliable. So basically, why change something that's not broken, in my opinion? Got no issues with the extension um, and Lung May's lung snapping skills continue. Kev? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, um, he's come back at a one-year deal, 900k. Um, just one simple question. Did we talk about the long snapper last year? No, we did no. not. And that's a good thing for a long snapper. So um, uh, he's a good guy as well. He's solid. Um, good re-signing. Happy. 
Yeah, for him to be voted to a pro bar as a long snapper, he must be doing something right. <laughs> long snappers um, are people last, too. Long snappers are people too. Maybe we should get that started. <laughs> um, and lastly, going to touch quickly on CJ Board. Um, Foyer vet caught 11 passes for 101 yards in total last season in 14 games. Um, obviously, it's good to have depth at wide receiver. Um what he brought, what he brought to the team wasn't a huge amount, um, but it's all, always good to have that sort of those veteran guys there that are used to the team. Shane, any thoughts on CJ Board? Not, not much really. I mean, if you looked at, it, he was brought back before uh, two players were signed in free agency that we'll cover shortly. Um, so I kind of looked at, it, was he a bit of an insurance policy there? Um, I think if we're honest, he's probably more than likely going to be a candidate come. Um, training camp when it's all said and done unless he's able to prove himself on the one area that Joel Judge loves and that's special teams if he can return the ball reliably um, he might have a chance at remaining on the 53 other than that I think he's going to be a cup candidate Kevin anything to add on CJ Board I think we pretty much covered everything yeah he's just you know he's a good special teamer he's a good um, end of roster guy I wouldn't even say depth uh, a good end of end of uh, end of roster guy. He's um, only signed him for one year, one mil, no dead cap. So yeah, it's it is what it is. Low risk, maybe even a practice squad after after training camp after training camp in the summer. Um, who knows? But obviously, yeah, definitely. I think he's going to be fighting for his place in the fifty three for sure. Cool. Um, so that that's our restructured resignings. Um, that we've made so far in, in, in this sort of free agency period. Now we're going to move on to the exciting part, the new arrivals at MetLife. I can already see some uh, excited faces from Shane and Kev um, about who we're, talk- we're going to be talking about over the next um, little part of this podcast. Um, and I think it's only right to start off with the one player that's made headline news um, in the States, he's made headline news here in the UK, um, and that's Kenny Galladay. I think the fact that he's he's signed a four-year, $72 million deal, um, third, over, third round pick out of Northern Illinois uh, in 2017, led the NFL with 11 touchdown catches in 2019 and twice caught over 1,000 yards in a season. He's worked to the Pro Bowl in 2019, uh, but only played five games due to injury last season. I think the fact that he's such a high-profile player coming into our team, um, it really is uh, an introduction to the team that we needed for a number one wide receiver. And I think he could be a great fit for that and he could be a real star in our offence. Uh, Shane, your thoughts on the biggest signing we've had this so far this free agency? Yeah, it was great to finally get it done when it was confirmed. Um, Jones, for me, finally gets that number one wide receiver. He's been missing. Um, I think it was a decent wide receiver free agency class, but without a doubt, Golladay was the only true number one. You know, you look at Juju, Corey Davis, um, Curtis Samuel, I think it was as well. Um, they're, they're good receivers, but they're not a true number one like Kenny Golladay was. So it you know, it had to get done. If it didn't get done, it puts a lot of pressure on the Giants in the draft to get one of those big three receivers. Um, 
I'm hoping it's going to allow someone like Slayton, who oh, I absolutely love Darius Slayton. I think he's a, a great wide receiver, but he's a great number two. So hopefully it's going to allow him to kick on as well because he struggled last year. Obviously, Galladay has been cleared medically and there was some off-the-field concerns about his performance in Detroit last year, possibly not coming back where he was fit. They've obviously been absolutely dispelled by the time he spent with the Giants. You know, you don't go there for two or three days spending time with Judge and Gettleman. Um, so they've obviously got to be happy with the, in my opinion, the Joe Judge judgment. Um, and that, you know, they did their due diligence. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, now it's make or break time for Daniel Jones. I can't agree with you more. I think it's, it's uh, now that he's got a, a true number one wide receiver, I really think Daniel Jones needs to step up. Um, you know, again, don't get me wrong, he's been, he's been consistent, he's been good over the last couple of years since he made his first start um, but he really needs to become that get into that sort of top 10 top 15 quarterbacks in the league where we really need to be to be able to push the team on um, Kev your thoughts on Kenny Galladay oh man Kenny G big number one Kenny receiver G. the big X that we need he's the X wide receiver that we are crying out for that we probably haven't had since Palaxo uh, Burris um it's it's looking at the team now, and we will do this after the draft when we have our full roster. But looking at the team now, there just seems to be so much more balance. Like Kenny Galladay brings so much balance to the team in the sense that all right, he's an X receiver, the big outside physical six foot four uh, receiver that you know you could just throw up and he will come down with. You see some of the highlights, the contested catches and stuff. Then we have um, Darius Slayton on and on the other side on the Z position who is your stretch the field, the speedster, the, the, the keep the, um, the safeties honest, keep them pushed back. And then in the slot, we've got Shep. Shepard, you know I mean, who's an absolute outstanding right runner, clever, can find the pockets in the zones um, underneath. Um, so I just think the, the three of them complement each other so much. Um, and I, this was the sign I wanted for as soon as free agency kicked off. And uh, just to touch on his contract as well. Yeah, he got the four years, 72 um, and people will say, okay, we overpaid the 18 mil per year. But again, I'll go back to what I was saying about the, 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 the cap for next year. Um, he's only paying him 4.4 this year against the cap. Then it goes up to 21, 21.4, 21.4. Um, but if you look with the, if, if you, every team's got 30 plus uh, million cap room next year, these one year deals that, prove it deals that wide receivers are playing on this year, they're going to be demanding that next year. So what we've done is we've tied him down for four years but got him for 4.4 million this year, allowing us to make other moves. It's a, it's a great deal again. Um, again, we, we, um, in the fourth year, the third year, if it's not working, it's only 6.8 dead cap, so we save 14.6. So if again, if it doesn't work out or the injuries play a problem um, after the third year we can get out and save ourselves 14.6 million. I'll just say something as well quickly. What they've done is they've done this void year. Now, I don't like void years, um, apart from this deal, obviously. <laughs> but I, I'm not a fan of void years. And what void years are is basically when you have a sign-in bonus, that sign-in bonus is spread across the length of the contract. Um, so say, for example, if you're given a five-year deal, 10 million sign-in bonus, that two, that's 2 million against each year. Um, and and so what they've done is to, to, to limit, to, to lower the cap this year, 
they've added an extra year that's voidable. So basically, in the fifth year, when he's not with us, we will still pay $3.4 million against the cap. Now, that money's given to him as a bonus right now, but it will count then. And teams like the Eagles are doing this, the Saints are doing this. It's basically to push cap down the road, and that's how they get in trouble. We don't tend to do it. But we've done it in this case, this one case, um, to help us out um, currently in this uh, free agency. So I'm perfectly behind it. Um, again, uh, really clever contract, really well done. Um, number one receiver, big X, gets X money. Um, yeah, buzzing. Yeah, and I think the fact that it's only you know three point four million on the cap in five years' time as a voyager, I think that's not a huge amount to be overly concerned with um, down the line. I mean, if we were talking sort of anything more than sort of five, six, seven million that upwards, I think it would be a real concern for five years' time. But I don't think our front office is that stupid. I think they've made a really, really good. Well, I'd like to hope they're not that stupid. But I think we've made a, a really, really good decision in, in doing that. Like you said, the fact he's going to get the money this year, but it's it's being put in year five um, when he could not even be with the team, um, I think is a really smart move. Um, I am really am quite surprised with how the front office has, has done so far and, and, the, and the deals they've made um, and the, the real clever deals you know they're not they're not just they're not just throwing money at a player because they want to bring him in. They're actually thinking about and actually building these deals across a year or two or three or four or whatever, and actually thinking about the cap hit down the line. Um, and I think there's some really really smart deals going on. Um, anything else to add on Kelly um, on Kenny Golladay on Kenny G? Um, I think we've covered all we need to really cover on him. Cool. Um, I think next biggest hit. Um, we'll talk about would be Carl Rudolph. Now, as we as we're talking, um, we've just seen uh, that on released on Twitter um, the fact that his two year deal, two year twelve million deal, has been confirmed. Is it two year twelve million? Um, Correct. His two year deal. His two year deal has been confirmed. Um, now, reports said that he's going to need surgery on his foot, so talks were ongoing. Um, but as we've recorded this today, we've um, found out that the deal has been confirmed. Um, 31 years old, six foot six inches tall, um, 260 pounds, second round, 43rd overall pick uh, in 2011 by Minnesota. Out of your team, Kev, the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame. Uh, playing 10 seasons as a Viking, two-time pro bowler, three-time water Peyton man of the year nominee at Minnesota as well. A total of 453 catches, just shy of 4,500 receiving yards and 48 touchdowns. Um, led the league um, in one of those scenes, I believe, uh, for all tight ends and touchdown catches. Um, so a real proven quality tight end. Um, probably in the, maybe past the peak of his career, um, but still nonetheless bringing in some competition for Evan Engram and the other tight ends in the team. Shane, your thoughts on Carl Rudolph? Yeah, my initial thought was, what does this mean for Ingram? Um, that was closely followed by my second thought of, does this take Carl Pitts off the board if he's there at 11 now, um, even though I don't have seen him being there? Um, what I will say is, <clears throat> excuse me, it brings that veteran experience to the tight, the tight end room. Um, I do wonder if this could be Garrett's Jason Witten type of player. Giant fans 
even myself in the three years I've been following, know full well what Jason Witten could do to the, the joints day. Um, you know, you watch tight back and he just always seemed to have a, a game against us. And I do wonder if he could be that for Jason Garrett now. Um, I clearly wanted to add tight end to the um, the roster, as reports say that we were also in play for Hunter Henry. So it was definitely an area that they identified right, we want it want to upgrade here or we want to get an extra player here. Um, and I will say he's only had one drop in the past two seasons. Evan Ingram, looking at you. <laughs> yeah, pressure's on, man. I think it, it, it can either go one or two ways. It, Ingram can feed off that pressure and really come out of his shell and be that sort of, that, num- that huge tight end um, threat that we need. Or he could see it as a bit of a threat and potentially go within himself and not do what we expect him to do, what we want him to do. Shane? I will add as well, I do wonder if maybe this is a veteran experience that maybe Evan Ingram needs. He's never really had an experienced older player in that in that room with him at the tight end position. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that he leans on Rudolph and that can bounce off each other and it improves Evan Ingram's game as well. Because, you know, let's face it, we all want Evan Ingram to work out but it is a case now of, you know, this this could be your last shot at, at, at staying on this roster. Yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think the fact that he, you know, he's come into the team, like I said, three-time Walt Payton Man of the Year nominee, it just shows the type of guy he is. He's, I don't think he's the type of guy that's coming in and saying, you know what, Engram, this decision's mine. Tough luck. He's, he's come in and he wants to be that role model. He wants to be that sort of upstanding, you know, put the pressure on. You know, make that make the make the tight end rooms tight end room a better place to be, and have that experience in the tight end room for sure. Um, Kev, your thoughts? Well, I'll just touch on the contract first before I talk about the big man crush I had for Carl Rudolph signing. <laughs> um, so it's a two-year deal, twelve million. Um, it's four point seven five against the cap this year, and seven point two five against the cap next year. Now, next year. If we do decide to, to cut him, it's a 2.25 dead cap. We save 5 million. So it's a very good deal. And if he's good and he's still productive, then, you know, you pay him, you, you, you carry on with the contract. But he's worth it then, Jimmy, the 7.25. So the contract, again, is a lovely two-year deal. Can get out of it, but cheap enough for him to play on it as well if he's playing at a high level. <clears throat> By the player. Right. Tight end is my favorite position. I even a couple of years ago in my early 30s uh, tried to take my hand to playing a bit of tight end down here in London. Um, I just love, Carl Rudolph is your traditional tight end. You're, as it's written on paper, what a tight end should do. He's an inline tight end. He's a fantastic blocker. He's a good route runner. He hasn't got, he hasn't got the burners. He hasn't got the speed. Fantastic hands, as Shane alluded to. He, um, I really like Shane's point as well about being a mentor in the room. Ingram hasn't had that. And he, this guy is a good guy. Like the stuff, the, the charity stuff he'd done in Minnesota um, was phenomenal. He's a good person, good mentor, knows his stuff. Um, he's been, he was underutilized in, in Minnesota. He admits that, the team admit that, the, the Vikings. Um, six foot six, red zone threat, like you said. Um, he's a great check down for uh, Danny Dimes. I mean, if, if, if Danny Dan goes through his second, third read and nothing's open, um, him, uh, Rudolph or Saquon are fantastic check down options uh, to get your six yards. I mean, your cheeky five, six yards, just to keep the chains moving. Um, yeah. I also really like the fact that we might play a bit more 12 personnel. Um, 
just quickly, 12 personnel is uh, one running back, two tight ends. If it was two running backs, two tight ends, it'd be 22 and so on. Like, so we might play a lot of 12 personnel. The reason why I think that'd be good is because you can then flex out, like bring out both tight ends on the line, flex out, like have a look at the defense, flex out Ingram. So you actually flex him out into the slot. So he's like a big slot. So you've got your inline tight end on the line. And when that happens, the defense either has to send a linebacker over to follow Ingram or keep an eye on him. And now you're talking about Evan Ingram in space against a linebacker, which I'll take him all day long. Or they're going to pull down a safety. Now you're pulling down a safety then to cover Ingram. Then Kenny Galladay, Shepard or Slayton on the other side, your single high coverage then. Um, I just think schematically we can do so much. Uh, great player, good person, um, and it can bring a lot to our offense. Very happy. Couldn't agree more with what both we said about him. Um, touch on what you said about, obviously we're talk- looking at either Rudolph or Hunter Henry. Which one of the two, I mean, obviously with the fact we've signed with Carl Rudolph, but when it came out, we were in the market for a tight end. Would you prefer to go for Rudolph or, or Henry, Shane? Um, I think with Henry, you, you, you'd you be bringing him on the upside and that he's young. Whereas with Rudolph, you're bringing him in for that experience. Um, so I'd say Rudolph's probably going to be the safer option, bearing in mind Henry's injuries that he's had. And as I say, he's not experienced. So Rudolph is 100% the, the safer option. And it's also a better contract. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, um, if I had my way, I'd bring in Mark Bavaro, obviously. Uh, but um, I think if Henry Henry came in, you're kind of you're talking about an Ingram replacement. Then I think. Um, so I I think Ingram's got a year to prove himself, and all the t- all the points that we've touched on, I think um, this is a year make a break for him. And I think Rudolph will help. Also, quick point: I think Rudolph will help Caden Smith, who's a sneaky under the radar guy. Because he's Kingston is more like a Rudolph type, so keep your eyes on him as well for the off season. Yeah, I think bringing in if we'd have brought in Hunter Henry, it would have been a fact. It, him and Ingram would have been fighting for that position. It, it would have been competition. But the fact now Rudolph's coming as as that sort of mentor, that sort of you know experienced head at the position, I do think it's a better move. It's a smarter move. Um, and I think you know the the fact that we've we've actually brought him in and and signed him to a really clever deal again, um, it's it's a really really good move for our offense, and I think it can only mean good things. You know, like you know, like Kev, you you were talking about, you know, having him in different schemes, two tight end sets with a running back, releasing Engram into the slot so he can play slot receiver, draw down that safety, single high coverage on wide receiver on Kenny Galladay. Let's face it, single high coverage is going to just all day. All day, bye bye, and all Danny's got to do is look up and, and get the ball in the right position, and points on the board. We hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Carl Rudolph. I'm glad the deal's done. Um, I'm glad the the injury didn't cause too much too many issues. Yeah, he might still have to go through surgery, um, but you know we've got a long, long time until um, the start of the season um, training camp. Cool. I'm going to quickly, briefly touch on a a couple of players we brought in. Uh, Fullback Cullen Gillespie uh, from Houston. Um, One-year deal, played seven snaps on offence and 116 on special teams last year. Um, 
seventh round pick out of Texas A&M. Any thoughts on Colin Gillespie? I just think he's going to be a special team signing more than anything else. Um, he also did uh, file a medical with the Texans due to a back injury. So, you know, we've saw anybody might not even make the 53 if he can't get over that back injury. Kevin, any other thoughts? Yeah, just um, he signed a one-year deal, 850k, zero guarantees. He's basically competition for Penny. Penny's on about 950k. Um, so literally, it's just it's best man wins at the end of the day. Yeah, um, like, like you said, Shane, uh, he's not even guaranteed to make the 53. Yeah, he's had injury issues. Uh, he's only 25, so obviously age is on his side. Um, and he's only been in the league for two years. Um, so, you know, it could go either way, really, with him. There's, there's, no, money, there's no money in it, really. There's, there's, there's no, we're not going to really lose anything from doing that deal. So, we'll see how it goes with him. Um, touch on Mike Lennon. Um Obviously, Colt McCoy leaving uh, at the end of last season um, and needed a, that extra backup quarterback in. I say that extra. We needed a, a new backup QB in. Obviously, with Alex Tanny leaving as well. He's gone on to retire. Um, bringing in Mike Glennon, huge amount of experience. Um, huge guy as well, 6'7", 225 uh, on the scales. Um, third round pick in 2013 by Tampa Bay. Giants will be a sixth team in nine years, though. Only Senate. Tampa Bay for longer than a year. Um, started five games last year in Jacksonville, uh, thrown for just over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, has really been that sort of career backup since 2014. Um, he did start 13 games in his rookie year in Tampa, thrown for 2,600 yards and 19 touchdowns. Um, he's on a one year, $1.35 million deal. It's nothing but a backup deal. Um, so it's, it's great experience bringing in, obviously, the injuries that um, Danny Dines had last year. Um, it's great, great to have an experienced backup in the team. Um, and one that's, you know, he's had, he's had a couple of a, a good, a few good games in there as well. And he's put us some good numbers. Shane, what are your thoughts on Mike Glennon? Yeah, as you say, you know, solid backup. Um, let's face facts, he's probably going to be needed. Jones isn't invincible, as he's proved. He does miss time through injury. Um, so I think we, we're probably very well going to see him on the field for at least one game. Um, he's also a good deep ball thrower, and I'll touch on this in a little while, but I think that's something we might come to see from the Giants quite a lot this season. He's keeping an eye out for the deep ball throws. Yeah, yeah like you said, he's just a 1.35 million deal. Um, he's coming as a backup. No QB competition here. Daniel Jones, number one, obviously. This geezer um, can come in, uh, throws a nice deep ball, won't do much running, but he can come in and manage a game for you. Um, like in, just compared to last year, we paid Colt McCoy nearly three million last year to the backup. And you could obviously tell he lost a bit of zip on his throws. Um, yeah, it's just a just a really it's a nice solid backup QB at a good price. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I think it's it's a real good amount of experience. He's, you know, he's been there. He's been a starter for a year in Tampa, and I think he will only do good things to help uh, Daniel Jones off the field in the quarterbacks room. Um, you know, and yeah, he, he might get he might get the odd game here or there. If you know, if Jones goes down injured, uh, we hope not. Touch wood. But it's a, it's a good pickup, and for for no money really. 
So next we're going to go on to John Ross, um, ninth overall pick in 2017 by Cincinnati uh, from the University of Washington. Fastest 40 hour dash time in history at 4.22 seconds. Quicker than CJ2K. Um, but he has struggled with injuries. Uh, played only three games last year before going on injury reserve in November. Total 51 catches uh, in his career, 730 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, one year deal, two and a half million dollars, I believe. Um, Shane, what are your thoughts on John Ross? Um, I think he's an interesting signing. If if you if you were told the Giants were going to sign a 25 year old player in free agency that ran a 4.22, was drafted ninth overall, and in his final college year went 81 for 1,150 yards and 17 touchdowns, you'd be a little bit excited at that prospect. The problem is injuries he can't stay fit and that's the key um but you know i think if anything he's just going to bring he's just going to stretch the field you know you get him in get him on for two or three downs just tell him to just run length of the field tie the cornerbacks out you know that's the kind of thing that he's going to do um one thing i will add is speed speed on offense seems to be key this year now john ross ran a 4.22 slate and a 4.39 evan engram a 4.42 Sterling Shepard ran a 4.48, Saquon a 4.40, Galladay a 4.50. I expect Jones to add speed in the draft. When you when you break down what everyone can run, speed kills in the NFL at the minute, kills in any sport. And I think that's really the one thing that we're going to be looking at for in this offseason is what, what speed players they add in the draft. Speed, speed, speed. That's some quick times. That's some quick 40-yard times. Um, that's some great stats. Thanks for that, Shane. I like that. Um, Kev, what are your thoughts on John Ross? Yeah, I like it. Um, uh, just been unlucky, been very unlucky. Good player. Like, I think um, in his last year at uh, Washington, him and Dante Pettis, who was a second round pick to 49ers, who's on our roster at the moment, they both put up like 2,000 yards between them. Do you know what I mean? They were such a good one two combo. Um, potential's there. He's been unlucky. Can we unlock it? Uh, it's a nice deal that, you know, it's a gamble worth taking. Um, another great deal by the front office, to be honest. Yeah, I think. The fact that he's the injuries he's had, issues of injury he had, like you touched on, Shane. If if we'd have said, you know, again, a ninth, uh, former ninth overall pick, um, the numbers he put up in college, and to get him for for two and a half million dollars, we'd be jumping at we're jumping at the bit. But the fact because he's had so many injuries, um, and he struggled to stay fit, um, I think it's it's a it's a concern, um, but at the same time. You know he, he he can quite easily he can quite easily just spread the field, run run deep balls, and you know be that sort of deep threat deep target. We've got with Kenny G, um, but Daniel Jones, um, he's obviously he's not going to play every down. You know he's going to be sort of that maybe number four receiver um, behind uh, Galladay, behind Slayton, behind Shep. Um, but it's it's a big threat he's brought into the team if if he can stay fit. Um, and lastly, on offense, uh, we're talking Devontae Booker, running back, and uh, twenty eight years old, five foot eleven, fourth round pick in twenty sixteen by Denver. Uh, played four seasons with the Broncos and last year with the Raiders. Um, Fifteen hundred career yards, four yards per carry, nine rushing touchdowns in total, and uh, rushed for. 420 yards last season, including three touchdowns, um, with two against his old team, Denver. Um, brought in on a two-year deal, I believe around $5.5 $5. $5 million. 
Um, Shane, thoughts on Devontae Booker? Yeah, he's, I think he's going to be more of a backup than anything else. Obviously, Saquon's coming off an ACL tear. We don't know what kind of player Saquon's going to be. Um, so, you know, we did need that backup. Um, you could consider him a vet now at 28 years old. My only concern is that recent vet running backs that we've signed just haven't worked out. Jonathan Stewart, bad contract, didn't work out. Dion Lewis, didn't work out. Devontae Freeman... Okay, I appreciate he was injured, but he was still experienced and didn't really work out. Um, but Booker doesn't have much tread on the tyres. And I'll also add, if you look at the passing grades from last season, uh, Lewis had 37.4, Gorman had a 58, Barkley 25 and a half. Okay, he missed a lot of the season. And Freeman was a 15.1. Booker was up at a 64. So, you know, he could be that third down back that Barkley kind of struggles with in pass protection, which is probably his biggest weakness right now. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a good signing, good backup and no issues with the deal, really. Yeah, it's adding, adding some experience into the running backs room. Um, you know, looking at the, the running backs we've released in the off-season so far, Wayne Gorman, contract expired, Dion Lewis gone, Devontae Freeman gone, Alfred Morris as well gone. So we've lost four running backs who we've utilised in one way or the other over the last couple of seasons. Um, so we really need to get some depth back in that running backs room. Um, and I think he's a he's a good pickup um, from what I've seen of him. Um, he, he he runs well, um, and you know playing five seasons in total with fifteen hundred yards, averaging about three hundred yards a season. It's not huge numbers, um, but I think he could be that uh, decent backup to Saquon for sure. Kev, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, this is, the type the type of signing is, is brilliant. It's a, sort of exactly what we need. We can't bring in uh, rookies or undrafted uh, free agents. We, I mean, we will, but um, we needed a, some sort of bet in there. Um, the the deal is two years, five point five. This year, he's two point five against the cap. Next year, three against the cap. Um, now, if he comes in, does a solid job, um, you're happy for him to see out the contract after a year. If you want to get out of it. Uh, dead money's one mil, you save two mil. So again, it's a team-friendly deal. Um, a little bit more than what I wanted to pay him, considering seeing some of the other contracts running backs have got from, um, from other teams in free agency. Um, I do think we might look to add a running back maybe mid to late draft. I definitely want us to bring in a couple of um, at least rookie undrafted free agents to, to compete for the third spot. Um, so it's, a, it's an okay signing. Contract's a bit not to my liking, but... Um, I understand exactly where um, why they've done it. Cool, yeah, nothing really to add uh, on any, what you, both of you have said. Um, yeah, hopefully we can pick up either one one in the draft, late round pick in the draft, or uh, some undrafted guys um, just to sort of fill out that room and give that good third option in the backfield. Cool, moving on to defence. Um, so the, our main pick-up on defence, I'm sure... Everyone's aware of what's happened in the last couple of days. Uh, a cornerback, um, Adoree Jackson, um, 25 years old, so still really young. Um, first round pick in 2017 by Tennessee out of USC. Um, 200 career tackles in those four in those four seasons. Uh, three forced fumbles, 33 passes deflected or defensed, and two interceptions. Um, over a thousand return yards in his rookie season in 2017 as well, so he's a possible return threat as well. Um, and believe it or not, don't know if you guys know this, he is a distant relative of Lamar Jackson. 
Never knew that. <laughs> related, relate, related to his mother, apparently. Um, yeah, uh, three-year deal. Um, Shane, what are your thoughts? This one for me was the signing. Um, Golladay, we knew he was coming into free agency. We knew what was going to happen. Jackson kind of come out of nowhere. Um, I was absolutely buzzing to get him. I'm quite pessimistic. So when I seen that uh, Golladay was meeting with the Giants, I was like, okay, I'll believe it when he, when he signs kind of thing. And then... Jackson was coming in for a visit, but he also had a visit with other teams. Then there was Saturday night of him out with the players, and I was like, I ain't getting excited until until it's official, until I see someone like Ian Rapport tweet that it's done. Um, then, you know, that's when I'll, I'll, I'll be buzzing for it. But I think he's an absolute solid cornerback too, potentially cornerback 1B opposite of Bradbury. Um, you know, he missed 13 games last season. It seems like he was cut from the Titans purely for cap reasons, as opposed to he's over the hill or he's done. And I will say, I absolutely love the recruiting from the players. You know, Peppers was tweeting him. Holmes was tweeting him. Logan Ryan flew back from Florida to New York to go out for dinner with him. You know, that that tells you what we're building here with the Giants. Hey, Brought into the, 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 the brought into everything that the Joe Judge is trying to do. The players are, um, and I also understand he's an Eagles fan. Had a visit with the Eagles. Yeah, he's wearing big blue. What does that say? Um, just a little quick stat I got: highest coverage grade when lined up outside since 2018. Alexander's at number one. Sherman's at number two. Gilmore's at three. Adoree Jackson's at four with an 85.6 rating. That shows the potential he's got. And you know, NYPD. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, just like I touched on the recruitment, the recruitment from the players' side of things as well. Um, what we did with Kenny G and what we've done with Jackson as well. Just it just shows the type of team we're building. The fact that these guys are going are inviting these prospects out for dinner. You know, get, we're trying to recruit them, get them to come to the team. In fact, like you said, Jackson's an Eagles fan. You think dream to be would be to play, go to go to the uh, go to Philly, play for it, play for his hometown team, play for it, the team he followed as a, as a young boy. Um, but he ends up in blue, on in the same division, uh, probably Philly's biggest rivals in the league. Um, it, it says a huge amount about the recruitment that was done by the players, um, and that's the, that's one thing that's really really impressed me this offseason so far is the attitude of the players. You know, it's, it's not there's no I in team at the moment. It is it's a huge team effort to get these players in, um, and hats off to them. Fantastic work, and they brought in a, a fantastic cornerback. Kev, over to you for your thoughts. Yeah, it's um, we haven't got the full details of the deal yet. It's three years, thirty nine million. Um, it's absolutely fine. Um, it's good. This is like Sheen said. This is a one B starting cornerback in this league. Like he's just so good. He played offense and defense at USC. He was a track star. Um, he went seventeenth overall to the Titans. Um, he is as advertised now. And then probably thinking, well, well, why did the Titans let him go? So I've heard a few things. Um, he only played three games last season. Um, him and Golladay. So Jackson and Golladay spent a lot of time in New York before stuff was announced as official. Now, both of them have some injury history and the Giants were doing their due diligence, making sure that, it, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. Um, but also there was some belief, and I'm not saying this is true or not, but there's some belief that both players were 
didn't rush back from injury as quickly as the teams would have liked last season. Um, now, the Giants, I believe, if that was rumoured, then that's why they wanted to get them in-house, sit in front of them, talk it through, see what type of character these guys are. And obviously, they passed all the tests. They came in, they passed all the tests, um, and they're both fantastic signings for us. And they're both game changers, to be honest. Um, Dory Jackson, uh, he could be, he's definitely 1B, and it might be a long-term, because he's only 25. If Bradbury wasn't to be renewed after Bradbury's, Bradbury's only signed till next, next season, 22, his last season with us. Um, if if that, we can't do a deal there, then he is automatically QB number one. And um, yeah, our, our secondary is so good now. I mean, obviously I get it on paper, we need to go out in the field and do it. Um, but the potential there is phenomenal. And I I was a bit critical of the Logan Ryan signing last year. I was thinking, why are we bringing in this um, 29-year-old nickel corner at the time is what he was. And he came in, he changed his position to safety, came in and, um, oh, mate, lads, he's just a, he's, he's been a phenomenal asset and player for us. And um, like I said, um, that secondary is beastly now. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, Logan Ryan had a, a huge year at safety last year, had a really, really good year at safety. Um, like, the same as same here, I thought, why are we bringing in this this 29-year-old corner? You know, hasn't really done much the last few seasons. We've changed his position, and he's looking like a real, real great pickup. Um, and Adoree Jackson, can't, can't wait for him to get on the field, can't wait for him to put the blue jersey on. Um and like you said, be that 1B, potential 1A even corner um, for us in our defence. Um, fantastic signing. Really, really happy. Really, really pleased. And I was so excited when I see it. Um, even just the rumours coming out. I didn't want to get too excited, but I was I was happy with him, put it that way. Um, Ed Rusher, Ifiadi, apologies for the pronunciation, Ifiadi Odenigbo. Hopefully I got that right. Um, New Jersey native, uh, 26, 260 pounds, seventh round pick in 2017. Um, one year deal, so not much um, to lose with him. Uh, incidentally enough, recorded his first career sack loss in 2019 on Daniel Jones in a week five loss to the Vikings. Um, Shane, your thoughts on Mr. Odenigbo? Yes, yeah, so we get from cornerback Adoree Jackson being the most exciting signing for me to this being the under the radar signing I'm probably most excited about um, he had ten and a, he's had 10 and a half sacks in the last two seasons, that's more than any other Giants player not called Leonard Williams um, so he knows how to get to the quarterback um, 15 games and he led the Vikings with 15 quarterback hits his 2020 pass grades in the same cluster as JPP, Clowney etc um, he did play as a 4-3 D-end with the Vikings, so I'm going to be interesting to see if he lines up as a D-end in a 3-4 or if he lines up as a, an outside linebacker. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, the Giants have brought him in and they know what they're going to do with him. I will say, if you remember when Joel Judge was hired as coach, one of the things he said in his press conference was, don't tell me what a player can't do, tell me what he can do and we'll utilise it. So when you hear these sort of signings and you think what we're bringing him in for... You know, they've obviously got an idea of how they want to use that player. Um, so for me, he's the under under the radar signing that I'm I'm excited about. Agree with you there, Kev. Um, Shane, sorry. Um, definitely under the radar, definitely could be 
a great force in our defence. Um, and the fact that he's in the same sort of, num- you know, putting out the same sort of numbers, as you said, sort of as your JPP, as, you know, some real big um, defensive linemen in the league. Um, I think it's a, it's a really good, really shrewd pickup. Um, and on a one-year, no-risk deal, really. Uh, Kev, your thoughts? Yeah, like you said, he coming in on a one-year, 2.5 mil, zero pen, zero penalty. Um, it's, I, I love it as well, as Shane touched on. I, I, I think he's got all the attributes to be a very good uh, edge rusher, whether you want to call him a 4-3 D-end or you want to call him a 3-4 outside linebacker. Now, if, if he is a 3-4 outside linebacker, I can't see him dropping into coverage that much. As Shane says, you know, show me what you can do, um, as Judge, uh, Judge I says. So I think he will be um, hand in the dirt, predominantly pass rusher. But again, with teams playing so much nickel, um, um, I can see us having four down linemen and him being one of the DNs um, when we go into that uh, that type of um, that type of defense. Um, yeah, he's got all the skills. It just needs to again another player that could unlock under um, Graham's um, defense. Graham will move him around. Graham will put him in the three tech, put him inside, put him outside, um, move him all around. But he will be going after the passer. And that pass rush is what we need. Like we touched on Leonard Williams, the fact that apart from him, not really putting up many, you know, big numbers at all across the whole defense with regards to sacks or quarterback pressure. So having that guy who knows how to pressure a QB um, is, is definitely a, a good thing. And lastly, he's going to touch on Reggie Ragland, linebacker, um, 6'2", 250 pounds, second round pick in 2016 from Alabama. Uh, one year deal. Uh, in college, he was SEC Defensive Player of the Year 2015, won two national titles as a member of Crimson Tide, uh, tore his ACL and rookie camp. Um, but he started 32 games over three seasons and he's part of Kansas City Super Bowl 54 winning team. And he played all 16 games last season with Detroit. So obviously, we started out his career with a, a major injury uh, to his ACL. Obviously, hasn't affected him as he's gone on later in his career because he's playing all, every game last year with Detroit. Um, from my my opinion, I think, again, a really shrewd, really clever pickup. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of his deal, so I'm sure Kev will touch on that shortly. Um, but, you know, and again, numbers on defence that we need. Um, he's won it all before. He's been there. He's done it um, with Kansas City. So I'm, I'm hoping he can bring... Um, some experience to our linebacking course. Shane, what's your thoughts on uh, Reggie Ragland? I think he's an upgrade on David Mayo, um, who's gone. And also, he can play special teams. Now, as, as you mentioned, he's an Alabama kid that's played in Detroit. George has got connections at Alabama. And also, Matt Patricia was in Detroit last year. So, again, George has got connections. So, he's obviously going to have used them to understand what he's getting there. Um, first half of the season, he was believed to be Detroit's best linebacker. He made team of the week in week 11. He faded in the second half of the season. Um, I think he's probably going to be better as a run defender um, and then someone like Crader coming in on passing downs. Um, I kind of see it as a a lot to gain, nothing to lose kind of signing. Um, and I say upgrade on David Mayo. I've got no problems with that signing. Um, look forward to seeing what he can do to the team. Kev, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Ridge Regland, uh, a good traditional middle linebacker. 
Um, he would be, uh, in my opinion, he's a low-end starter in this league um, and a high-end backup. So um, it's a great signing. And um, like she says, on on base defense, obvious like burst downs, I can see him lined up next to Martinez um, and them two being the thumpers. Change with Tay Crowder um, on passing downs coming in or Pep dropping into the box as well uh, with Logan Ryan and McKinney on the back end. Um, good sign-in. Um, Contract-wise, um, him and Ryan Anderson, the edge, uh, who we signed as well yesterday. Um, both of them are on a one-year, 1.2 million deal. But because of um, something that's called the Veteran Salary Benefit, um, they're being paid 1.2 mil, but they're actually only counting as 980k against the cap. So it's such a, a low-risk, high-reward signing for both players. Um, uh, very happy about it. Just to mention as well, what I'm talking about, like why they're on about 900k. Um, talk about the rule of 50, uh, the rule of 51. So a lot of people um, at the moment, your top 51 players count count against your cap because obviously at the moment we've got upward of 60 players on our roster like they don't all count against the cap the top 51 players now count against the cap when we start the season the top 53 obviously uh, but what that means is if you sign a player for like 900k um the next the player who's just above the 51 the 51st player who's on 850 for example i use um, trent harris is on 850 he would drop out of the 51 so if you sign ragland for 980 850 comes off so essentially it only it only counts really as 100k against the cap so again not to bore you too much but um it's just Reggie Ragland Reggie Ragland great signing Alabama kid um if at worst he's going to be a good backup so yeah very happy yeah um Across the board, looking at all of our signings throughout free agency, I think we've made we've already said we've made some really really good moves, some really clever moves, some re- made some really clever deals. Um, so I'm, you know, we're not even at draft stage yet. We're not even yet at look, looking at rookies yet. But I'm already getting excited for the season. I don't know about you two. Um, just the just the name, just the names we brought in. I'm I'm getting excited, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what these guys can do for us. Um, we'll touch quickly on players that have been released from the uh, either released from the contract or contracts expired. Obviously, we've touched on Colt McCoy and Alex Tanny, um, and then we've already spoken about the running backs. Uh, Golden Tate, obviously released after two years of his four-year contract. Um, he's currently a, f- a free agent, hasn't been picked up by a team. Any thoughts on Golden Tate leaving the team, guys? It was probably for the best. Didn't quite work out how we wanted it to. Um, and I think I think it just made sense in regards to the contract and the money that we'd save. Um, I think at the start of the start of the off season, essentially, or the end of last season, everyone, every Giants fan would have said Golden Tate will be gone, and it proved to be the case. Okay. Yeah, um, it was a funny signing to begin with because I thought two years ago we were in, we were going to be in rebuild. We could. Daniel Jones in as a rookie uh, in as a rookie QB, um, he was what thirty then. Um, so I didn't really understand it at the time. Um, yeah, it's just cap casualty. Um, he wasn't producing, and we needed to clear some space. Yeah, and I think we cleared plenty of space by letting them go. Um, 
obviously he had a four-game suspension at the beginning of 2019 as well, which probably went against him. Um, it was just, yeah, when he first came in, it was a bit of a strange move. Obviously, it was, a, it was good to have that, um, that proven receiver, but he, it didn't work out for him. Um, and good luck to him. Hopefully, he finds a team and he does well. Um, but just for us, it didn't, it didn't work. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, uh, he obviously was part of the Odell Beckham trade along with Jabril Peppers. Um, started all but one game in the last two years. Uh, but he's freed up nearly $10 million in cap space this year, which, you know, it was, it was, it's always sad to see someone on the offensive line go that is, is a mainstay and has sort of played week in, week out. Um, but the fact that he saved, you know, freed up nearly $10 million in cap hit, in cap rooms so we can go and sign some of these players we have done. Um, it was a good move, I think. Obviously, he's since signed a three-year deal with Baltimore uh, with the Ravens. Uh, your thoughts on letting Kevin Zeitler go? Um, I, I, even now, I can't work out if I was surprised or not. I think it was one of them that it made sense to do it, but I didn't know if they'd actually go through with it because it leaves a gaping hole, um, essentially, on the offensive line now. Um, be interesting to see whether it was just a straight cut or whether the Giants approached him about possibly restructuring the way Solder did. Uh, we'll probably never know the answer to that. But, you know, he, he was good whilst he was here. Uh, definitely one of the ones that I'm sad to see go. But I think if you ask me if it was the right move to do, essentially it was you look at what we've done with the money um, that we saved. So all, all the best to him. Kev? Yeah, um, it actually saved 12 million against the cap. He was um, due 14.5 and with a 2.5 cap hit. I stand corrected. <laughs> no, that's all right. But like, but say for example, like saving twelve million, um, that essentially on this year's cap allowed us to sign Rudolph, Golladay, and John Ross. That money alone for this season. So you can just see why those type of cuts do make sense. Uh, great player, again, another good person. Um, does a lot uh, for charities and stuff. Um, good guy. Again, just you know, it is a business. They say. Unfortunately, it's a business. And yeah, we've got that salary cap to stick to. And yeah, he was really a victim of that. The fact that he, he was due a lot of money this year. So like you said, uh, the fact that he, the, the money he's freed up has allowed us to sign three fantastic players um, to the team. I think it made sense. Yeah, it's sad to see him go, but it's a business. It made sense. And lastly, two of the linebackers, um, Kyla Fackrell, um, currently a free agent. His one-year deal expired. Um, and David Mayo, obviously we've already touched on David Mayo um, with Reggie Ragdon, we think is an upgrade from David Mayo, which again, I completely agree with. Um, don't get me wrong, David Mayo, what he did um, for the team was was good. Obviously he had his game, I think, against the Patriots in 2019, 13 solo tackles in the sack, um, being the highlight. So he had a real good game there. Um, and Kyla Fackrell, um, probably remember back to last year, uh, week five against Dallas, 46-yard pick six of Dak Prescott. Thanks very much. Um, and the week after against Washington, the 43-yard uh, um, fumble recovery touchdown by Tay Crowder was caught was initiated by Kyla Fackrell, strip sack of um, of Carl Allen. Um, again, always sad to see players leave, but I think for both of these. Um, players made sense obviously David Mayer was he only signed a contract extension in March three-year contract extension so he was released from his contract 
whereas Kyle Fack Robinson's contract expired, so he was waved at the door. Guys, any thoughts on those two players before we wrap up? Um, I'd probably just add, you know, you look at Ragland or Mayo, you'd probably go Ragland, Anderson or Fakro. I don't really know much about Anderson in all honesty, but I'd look over his stats, 52 games played, 86 tackles, six sacks, five forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, one pass deflection. On that basis, probably toss a coin, but, you know, I don't know what I don't know what um, the money was for Anderson exactly, but I'd probably say Anderson's going to be much of the same, if not an improvement on Fackrell. So both players, in my opinion, I feel we have graded in. Kev, last thoughts? Yeah, um, David Mayo was never really a fan of. Um, I understood what he brought to the team, but I always thought we could have got someone better in, if I'm honest, sounds a bit harsh, but... They say Raglan coming in, he was on what 2.53 million last year, and Raglan comes in at 980k. Uh, massive upgrade, saves money, uh, absolute no brainer. Um, Ryan Anderson, I do like the pickup, another Alabama player, second round from the Washington football team. Um, again, he's on uh, a count for only 980k against the cap as well this year. Um, he's another, he'd be a true outside linebacker in a 3 4. So I'm very interested to see how. Um, he gets on in this offseason, to be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, for Fackrell, I quite like Fackrell. I thought, I thought he came in and did a job for us last year. I just think he's not a dynamic player that we need going forward. Um, and um, like I said, with um, Anderson coming in um, and uh, Fede Odenebo, um, um, I'm, I'm very pleased to see where these players are able to go. And just a quick note on... Um, on the cap and stuff. So James Bradbury and uh, Blake Martinez have actually restructured their deal. So basically, uh, restructuring doesn't matter for the player. The player gets the same amount of money. So essentially, um, James Bradbury is freeing up 4 million this year and Martinez is freeing up 3.5. So we're freeing up 7.5 million this year. Um, basically just means we're pushing it to next year. So we're just taking that 3.5 for Martinez and he's getting it paid next year. So, um, it's just pushing it down the road again. Cap management. Um, as long as we don't do it too often, and get ourselves into problems like the Eagles and Saints have got into, it's perfectly fine. Um, so, um, and our rookie reserve looks like we need about eight million to be able to sign our current rookie picks. So, uh, just a quick update there for you, lads. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say I will just add, like, sort of wrapping this up. I think the Giants have done. The right thing this off season in regards to they've, they've addressed needs in free agency. They've left themselves in a great position there in the draft. They've left options open. You know, if they really wanted to trade up for some, they could. If they want to move back, they can, or they can sit and take the best player available. Um, I definitely think this is the the, the off season where they've absolutely nailed it, in my opinion. Um, and as I say, they've left themselves in the best opinion, uh, the best position to do best player available, in my opinion. Um, and also, I believe they've done their due diligence on every player they've brought in because of injuries or off-field concerns, etc. Um, so, yeah, I just want to wrap it up by saying I'm over the moon with what this has brought and bring on the draft. Okay. Um, again, just re- reiterate what uh, she's saying. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm buzzing. Like, this this is as best I've felt of an off-season we've had in a long, long time. And it's good to be a Giants fan at the moment. So enjoy it, lads. Enjoy it, people, listeners out there. Um, all right. It might not be perfect, but um, we are definitely going in the right direction. And um, just quickly, but I know the draft stuff's coming up. 
but uh, stick and pick or trade back? What would you do, Shane, first? Ooh. <laughs> it depends what offers on for a trade back. Um, I will be honest, I've seen today that there's rumours circulating regarding a trade back potentially with New England. New England have got 11 picks, so they've got the... The, the, they've got the, the the capital to move up if they want. Obviously, we've got a bit of a relationship with New England. We like to beat them in Super Bowls. Joe Judge is from there. Bill Belichick link. Um, it's stick or trade back. I think it depends on who's available at 11. Oh, Apologies shit, you're the playing the quick fire game. <laughs> Apologies, the uh, batteries ran out of my AirPods, so I've just got to go with the mic on this now. Um, personally, my personal opinion is trade back. Um, we've got six picks in the draft as it stands. It's always a good move to to put some picks in the bank, some late round picks in the bank, because you can always pick up a bargain. Um, yeah, obviously t- going best available at 11 would be a good shout, um, but I really do think whoever will be av- available at 11, could we pick up someone around that sort of quality, whether it be training with New England, whether it be training with another team later on in that first round and getting maybe an additional second round or third or fourth or whatever round pick it is, you know, banking a few more picks. Um, I think personally, that would be my choice. I just don't, I just don't think having, having six picks in the draft, you know, yeah, we can then look to un, undrafted um, free agents as well. But if we, even if we have an extra two or three picks in the draft, it gives us more options um, drafting out of, of college rather than going for un, un, undrafted guys. Shane? And I will add, if it's all line or trade back, I'm trading back. <laughs> That's yeah, a topic that comes over well the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. So for those that don't know, a quick little sneak peek for you. Shane absolutely hates, absolutely despises the fact that we might go O-line in the first round of the draft. Um, he, it, why I don't know, that's on Shane. He can, I'm we'll sure we'll he can it over that. the coming weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll explain it over the coming weeks. Um, personally, if we pick O-line in the draft, if we've, we've got a hole there we need to fill. Um, we're obviously with Zeitler going, um, so potentially it'd be great to get a first-round guy on, uh, offensive, on the offensive line in the first round. But if we do trade back, um, I'm happy to take you know the best available at the, at the, at the pick we get. Um, anything else you want to add, guys? I like that question, Kev. Thanks for that. We need to work on our quick-fire answers, though, let's. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So there you have it. Um, that's our free agency all wrapped up with a nice little bow on top. Um, as we've all said, we're really excited. We're really buzzing uh, what we've done in free agency. Um, and so what's looking like so far to be one of the most exciting off seasons that we can remember, and one of the most sensible off seasons that we can remember. Some of the the, the, the signings we've made have been really, really sensible, really, really clever. Obviously, all in the build-up to the start of the season, uh, the big kickoff in early September. Now, here at Big Blue UK and Ireland, we want to get you, our listeners, involved. We want to hear your opinions. We want to hear your stories. Um, we'd like to hear how you became Giants fans and how long you followed the team and also your takes on the move we made in free agency. So you can tweet or DM us at Big Blue UK Ireland. And in the next episode, we'll read out some of your tweets and messages and hopefully get to know some of our other Big Blue family members. That's it for this week. My thanks, as usual, go out to Kev and to Shane uh, for all the work you put into getting to this adventure on the road and for taking the time to sit and talk things, all things blue.
um, and also for your, your research and your work into the, this episode as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at, at Big Blue UK Ireland. You can also follow our UK Giants fan group at New York Giants Fans UK on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we'll be back next week, as we already alluded on, to look at the state of the offence and what needs the team have going for draft. Looking at draft prospects and the direction Joe Judge has taken our offence in. So we look forward to that. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter and we'll do our best to read out as many stories as we can. Guys, anything to add before we go? No, just great chatting. Look forward to the next, next episode already to have another chat. Yeah, see, I'm looking forward to delving into the draft prospects, having a wee bit of chat and um, yeah, good stuff. Cool. Um, guys, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been a great chat. Um, and until next time, as always, Go Giants! Giants.